I just got stuck in a bogey train. Hey, is this a is this a Ryder Cup recap pod or is this you commenting on Jets uh, Chiefs? This is me trying to get a fantasy football win for the first time in a year. Well, how about that for an intro? Welcome he back, everybody. Short. To oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, I'm done. episode thirty nine of the Bogey Train Podcast Ryder Cup preview from Marco Simone in Rome. I'm Nick, your host, this, as always. We got Jeng, as is, always. And who is this? Guys. Guys. Have, have we lost contain of the of of the Zoom room? Who I'm is, honestly I'm honestly shocked and a little bit offended that you guys have been recording episodes without me. But boy, is it good to be back. Uh, in case you are a new listener or even not that new, uh, I started listening in the past like six to eight months. Yeah. That's, that's no <laughs> somewhat. Recent. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is not his first time on the podcast. If you can, well, actually so believe I that. was, so I was listening to the last pod, um, which came out a week ago. You listened to our Ryder guys- Cup preview. The Ryder Cup preview, yeah. Or and the FedEx Cup breakdown. <laughs> I didn't listen to the FedEx Cup breakdown because I didn't want to yeah. listen to a two like a two month out outdated podcast. Um, oh, yeah. but I listened to the 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 Ryder Cup preview, which was a solid episode, boys. I didn't know you could do it without the without the anchor that holds this thing to the ground. But yeah, you do really anchor um, us. We can't it's uh, right. I do. You guys are you're a little off the wall when I'm not here, and it's and it's good. It's just good to have some some guy to ground you guys back in reality. You know, like but, anchor that's generally not used in a good way. Like uh, the an- like, the like anchor, like Jordan Spieth was anchoring Justin Thomas in this Ryder Cup. Like, like uh, Bob McIntyre was an anchor for Justin Rose. He was the anchor, and sometimes, I mean, yeah, that's not a bad thing. Oh, it's like carrying dead weight. <laughs> well, if you want your boat to float away into the into the you know into the into the breeze, yeah, if you're, then go ahead. If you're trying to get somewhere and make some an progress. If well, you're trying look, to get somewhere and make some progress, look, you don't have to drop the anchor down. It's that's the beauty of the anchor is you can use it whatever you want. But but I, what I was what I was going to say is is near the end of that episode, um, you guys were were throwing out words like special guests and in phrases like not a real host. And I'm not going to lie. It didn't, it, it, it wasn't very, uh, I didn't love hearing that. So I just had to get back on and really straighten out the record. So you're going to get back on one time and that's going to be, that's going to retain <laughs> your host status. And then well, you can come back on take? next March. James, James, what does it take to be a host on the bogey train? Really? I mean, show, really, up, every, show up every week. That's what it takes. Well, yeah. all right. And then I'll, then I'll be a special guest. Uh, Noah, when we like last guy talked that, to you. It's like a, a, a guy I know that originally wanted to work part-time and then ended up getting full-time hours and never showed up for work. And so then the company took his uh, uh, full-time status away and took away like PTO and other benefits. And then he's a- acting 
upset that the company did that, but then also <laughs> saying at the same time, like, oh, I, I, I never wanted full-time hours anyway. It's like, they which could, is it, buddy? Is this a, which is, is this it? An ana- is this an analogy or is this something that actually happened? Because this is, that's an, uh, it's an oddly specific little uh, anecdote you're throwing out right now. Um, it, it's yes. neither here nor there. You're just really good at analogies. Yeah. Uh, Noah, Sorry last time we it. talked to you way back when, you were working yeah. on a little project. How was uh, how was that going? Oh, yeah. Last time we chatted, I was in North Carolina working on Pinehurst, number 10. And that course got sewn up a couple weeks ago. I left ab- after everything was built. Um, everything's in. Their opening date is set for like April 3rd, I believe. Awesome. Um and if, if you're interested, you can go on the Pinehurst Resorts Instagram page. They have a couple pictures and videos. The track is, is going to be really incredible. Um, I'm going to go back with a couple of the other guys that, that shaped it in a couple, in a couple months and play it. But that course turned out great. It's going to be such a cool addition to the Pinehurst, um, Pinehurst collection, I guess. Now they have 10 courses. It's almost absurd how many courses they have at their resort, but that'll be a sweet. It'll be a sweet draw and they're selling out packages left and right. I hear right now. So it's good to hear that, 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 that they're doing well, but that place will be awesome. Um, um, can you tell us like anything about it? Like what's the par, what's the length of it? That yeah. Sort of- so it's, it's par 70. Um, I don't know what the length of it is. There's not that. I think, I think it's three par fives, one par three, one par three. Three par fives and five par threes, I think, is how the math checks out on that. I could be... Yeah, that's right. Three par fives, five par threes. Par fours, there's like a couple really long ones, a couple really short ones. Um, there's a par three, whole, thir- no, whole, whole 14 that clocks in at 305 yards from the back tees. Um, it's going to be some really cool shaping a lot of native sandy grassy areas that line all the holes classic pinehurst stuff um and there's a couple wacky holes out there like one where you hit your tee shot over a mountain um just gonna be like uh it's gonna be like a a postcard hole there um it's gonna be really cool interesting unique um round of just diverse golf holes um so i'm pretty pumped to play it we got to play it i mean they were they were they were putting sod when we were building it so we got to play maybe half the course as we were building it um to get taste of it and it is quite the experience so it'll be a great place wow there you go and what about right now now i'm in traverse city michigan the cherry capital of the world shout out but all the cherry trees i've seen have been cut down so i don't know if that's uh, here or there, um, the course the that I'm Washington? working on might've been, who knows? Um, course I'm working on right now is called high points. Um, it was Tom Doak's first build when he was like 27. The course got shut down in 2008 when the, uh, the dark ages came across the land of the United States and some guy had the vision to, to buy like a little more property nine holes had been converted into a, a hops farm a couple years ago. So only the back nine remains. And then they, and then they bought this new plot of land and added nine new holes. And 
and Tom got to redo his first ever course. So, um, worked on that. We just finished shaping two weeks ago and we're almost done seating the course. So we'll be out of here in a couple of weeks and they're looking to open this place up. I think next, next fall. So a couple projects that just kind of flew by and, um, had some big teams do some serious work on some pretty cool tracks. So I noticed you called it the, the dark ages in 2008. You do realize yeah. that uh, 2008 was when we had the first black president elected, right? The, <laughs> that could maybe come off slightly racist. What you just said there. Well, the dark ages doesn't mean it was a bad time. Uh, are, are you willing to disavow what you just said? Are you willing to apologize? Uh, maybe we could disavow your interpretation, but I don't think a normal person is going to interpret it that way. Yeah, that's weird. I wasn't ever, I wasn't really thinking about race. So that's interesting that you brought that up, James. Uh, no, how's the golf game been? You've been able to play quite a bit or uh... I have, I've been played every weekend. So it, it's, uh, yeah, I've been playing all right. Um, Good. and I play and playing an all right amount as well. Um, it's fine. I'm shooting like around like 80 these days. Yeah, it must be nice. Um, uh, the swings, the swings kind of coming along. My short game's pretty bad, but that's nothing new. So, how's the nardy? Uh, you know, hot or hot or cold. Never lukewarm, but mostly cold. But, yeah, usually cold, but sometimes scalding hot for a couple holes. Did you did you like uh, when I sent you that new putter that I got? Which one did you get? The 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 jailbird with the black and white stripes on it. Jailbird. Wait, the uh, the one that Wyndham and Ricky play, right? Yeah. I think I remember seeing that. You just are you still using that? Yeah. Okay, you like it? Yeah, I've used it for like twenty seven holes. So. Oh, nine, it's very... nine, nine of them were on punch greens. Yeah, I ordered it back in June, but it just showed up mid September. Oh, punch I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. I want to. I want to talk about punch greens right now. All right, just let's hear very, air, very air your grievances. Air very your quickly. grievances, I James. Get it out I there. Hate them. Right. Despise. Yep. Couldn't right. agree more. I think you're resonating it, it, with our audience like, right now. It is such a bummer showing up to the course, like and being excited for a round of golf, and then you see that the greens are punched. Like it is just that is yeah. so deflating. You guys so want to hear a good punched green story? So, I played golf at Moundsview High School in uh, the suburbs of Minneapolis. And have you heard of the Whiteberry Yacht Club? Per chance? Yes, sir. I have. One of the yes. most highly rated courses in Minnesota. A lot of people will put a number one on their list. Um, Sweet is Donald like Ross most, track. Is it the most exclusive in Minnesota, or you? Or up, it's probably the hardest to become. A, yeah, it's probably the hardest to become a member because it's not like you can't just like buy your way in. But yeah, for, it's for sure one of, one of the, if not the most exclusive. But we got a we got a a, a match booked there for our conference in high school, and we're all like, let's go! Like this is our one time in our life we're going to be able to play this course, and we show up, and the greens are punched like the day before like the worst punch i'd ever seen so i got to play a sweet course but i didn't really have a i don't even remember anything about it. i was so frustrated about that i mean a necessary evil but it just yeah it's just like you, now we know why we had a high school event on that on the yacht club but uh anything else or should we just talk uh 2023 rider cup let's um, get into it 
Yeah, let's let's just go with that. Uh, you don't sound thrilled. Uh, you said Ryder Cup, and it gave me nightmares back to yesterday. I just, I don't, I don't want to think about golf. Ever. Oh, you're talking about your own yeah. little thing you played in. Yeah, I won. Wait, My team won. Wait, wait. Can I, let me hear, let's hear about this. I don't know what happened. Well, let's just say I uh, I got carried for six holes of the first match. It was so three nine hole matches. First one was best ball. Okay, I got I got carried for six holes. Was um, this is this like a league event you were in? Or, no, it was uh, just like, like a bunch a of a bunch of guys just getting together and yeah, you know, doing a Ryder Cup. And doing uh, what guys do. Yeah. yeah. Got carried for the first six holes of my match by my league partner, who was like 58 years old. Yeah. He's um, like at least a 10 handicap. Yeah. He is like a 10 handicap. Uh, and then I, well, so, so, so wait, I, I know we haven't had a ton of episodes in the recent months. Noah, have you like been listening at all? Like, are you up to speed on uh, the, I probably uh, listened to half the episodes on the I've Jang's missed. golf situation. <laughs> Not completely. My game is bad. And like bad is an understatement of like okay. what's going on. Like, I feel like I've been, you, yeah, I feel like you said I've something about that. Hopping drives, episode. like I've just everything has happened. It it's a yeah, two, it's a three way miss, honestly. Yeah, and I didn't even know you tops, could miss yeah. in three ways. Yeah, so I didn't either. Stuff. I found the way. Yeah. <laughs> you um, found a new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I get carried for six holes. Um, yeah. I part of the last hole. We win the match. The two holes that don't matter, I proceed to go birdie birdie afterwards. So there's that. You're kind of a you're kind of a pressure free golfer then, I guess. Yeah. It's relaxed. Um, the the second nine is Chapman. So like what? you and your partner both tee off, you hit each other's second shot, and then you pick from there and play alternate shot. Oh, interesting. Yep. Um, so you hit so you hit two you don't hit you hit two shots. Yes. Yeah, so okay, this is, this is actually, Noah, this is the That's format so that, that, that J, uh, Jengs and I have done for the second day. That's what they do for day two at the state two-man. So, so you, each hit a, you, each hit, you each hit a drive, and then you hit the other guy's ball for your second shot? Yeah. 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 So and let's just say pick. this year at the two-man, uh, Jengs had a lot of wedges into the greens, and I had a lot of five irons from the right trees. <laughs> yeah, you, he was in a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, so that's um, to prevent, like... Like teams from having like one guy getting that carried, can carry yeah. them. Like I me. got you. I got like, you. It's to save yeah, Nick's to prevent, back a little bit. To prevent guys. Oh, I, I thought you were saying to prevent guys yeah. like you from showing up and carrying your team. But yeah, you're going. Um, yeah. Okay, sure. Well, except yesterday I was paired in uh, Chapman with the worst golfer on our team. So I did have to carry. Uh, and we got beat like four and three. Okay. Um, Not great. You know, I... My partner on like hole one put us in the right trees. I hit a beautiful like hundred yard slice, well, not a hundred, probably fifty yard slice around the trees to get us back in play, which is just my normal ball flight anyway. Yeah, which is just yeah, a you're, you're, swing. You're like, put me here more, buddy. I'll and then deliver. he proceeds to block slice it forty yards uh, right wow. behind a tree, so that we're just you guys, in jail. Yeah, you guys have and, both got that shot in the bag. Then yeah, that that set the tone really for the entire round. <laughs> yeah. um, I did hit one shot. He almost hit a tee shot out of bounds. It was in by about a foot. And then I proceeded to stick it to five feet and he missed the putt. So that was nice. 
five feet's pretty far so yeah um that's well yeah and then he left me five feet coming back on punch green so let's just say i didn't make the putt either but <laughs> oh that's great. um so did we lose that one like four 40 yards i did not because this putter i'm actually trying to take care of um, oh the spider the yeah. spider right yeah cool that's a cool um so we lose that one uh last one is singles the last nine and this is the nice. easiest nine at cat's hail that we're playing so you um, played how many holes did you end up playing 20, it's Sorry, 27 kind of losing 27. Track. okay yeah okay i got i got I, yeah that's what you said that already okay um, go ahead yep so i just get demolished and say i don't even know what i lost in singles i stopped keeping track because it was just so bad so i bogey the first three i make a quad on four after putting a ball in the weeds nick on four blue um i have it's 120 to the pin on five par three i hit a full pitching wedge that comes up 30 feet short of the pin and then proceed to jar the 30 footer and i'm just pissed at this point because i'm playing bad and you know, that junk, uh, proceed to top my drive on six and make triple there. Uh, birdie seven par eight. And then I am green side in two on nine par five and walk off with a six. Ooh. And I can say all the holes that I counted my score yesterday that I played my own ball. So the 18 that I did, I shot an 88, on the two easiest nights at uh, Cattail. Yeah. This All right. Cap- Captain in the 80s. It's got to feel uh, good. It, it ends up being tied uh, um, after the three rounds. It's, you know, eight to eight or whatever the score was. So who retains the cup? Well, they're trying to figure out who, like, what to do for a tiebreaker. So As in currently, or they were at the time? Like, at the time. Uh, and my team's captain was like, well, how much longer have- is this going to take? I'd like a Just couple minutes. curious. Yeah. Uh, my team's captain Boom, has the idea, there. like, let's have the, the two best handicap players on each team play Chapman for a playoff hole. And I looked at him and I said, you don't want to do that because I am the best handicap player on my team. Um, so I did not have to end up having to play the playoff. We make Eagle on the playoff hole and win the playoff. And so I'm $50 richer. So, that's that. Oh, you you made some money on the whole make deal. Some money man. on the deal. All right. Well, I don't know why That's, you're having a sour memory of that. I'd be pretty stoked if I was a, plus uh, fifty. It, it's a tough look if uh, they're trying to decide on the spot what to do for a playoff. It's the first time it's ever tied afterwards. So yeah. Well, now you know. Now you're ready. So enough talking about scrub golfers. Let's talk about the real Ryder Cup. There are more scrubs. I you guess, mean the Sodak the Cup? Side. Oh yeah, no. Sodak Cup is this weekend. It is. Um. All right, Ryder Cup. Team Europe wins back the Ryder Cup after a historic defeat uh, in 2021 at Whistling Straits. They come back and uh, pretty pretty handily destroy the United States at Marco Simone in Rome uh, with a final tally of 16 and a half to 11 and a half. Um, we'll get into some of the individual players, individual sessions, things like that. Um, any overall takeaways from either of you on the 2023 Ryder cup? It's the rebound of Rome. That's, That's it. a good one. That's, That's a good one. You're the, re- the you're rebound fi- in Rome. 
you were fishing for alliterations all weekend, so I'm I'm happy that you landed on that one. That sounds pretty good. It's better than the other I, one that we came up with. Yeah, I can get behind. I can get behind that one. Um, if it would have finished twenty-one to uh, seven, that might have been the one we went with. But luckily, they yeah. could have gone and then we, the route. And then we'd be slapping. Then we'd be the slapping an e on this podcast really quick. But yeah. um, I thought the Europeans looked pretty scary from what I watched. I watched Saturday and Sunday. And they played some pretty good golf. I mean, at this point, I'm just trying to figure out like if the Ryder Cup is the single biggest home field advantage in all of sports. I I like, don't know it, if I want to call it a home field advantage. The Americans just like from what I heard, did not do themselves any favors in preparation for this. Uh how so? I'm, so, I'm trying to just decide if we should go into that sort of preparation stuff like, right now or the Italian open has been there for like the last two or three years. None of them have ever played the Italian open, which granted they're yeah, playing on a PGA tour, but, but still, if you're thinking you might play in the Ryder cup, you'd think you'd maybe want to play this course. Um, I don't know, man, that doesn't bother me. None I mean, of them have played competitive golf you, in five weeks. I disagree with that. They've been over there for weeks. You don't. You don't think they prepared well for this? I, I've heard the they US didn't play a lot of Ryder practice Cup. rounds. I've heard that actually over played, half the team has not played that okay, many practice James, rounds. Okay, James, do you do you honestly believe that the United States Ryder Cup team did not prepare for the Ryder Cup? I think, I think they prepared, but I'm not thinking they probably prepared as much as they needed to. They actually played more practice rounds than they usually do. They usually have three days of practice rounds. This year, they played four. And them, like none of them going over for the Italian Open, that doesn't bother me at all, especially given like it was in a pretty busy time of year with other events going on. I mean, this year, in past years, or like last year was in the fall, but I mean, the course played much like way different this week than it has for um, Italian Opens, um, just by how they set the course up, what they did with the rough. And I mean, that I don't know, that part doesn't, there's a lot of, decisions going into it but like that i have issues with and the way they did some things but like that part doesn't like, bother me i also like, want to say my other thing zach johnson should never be a captain of any u.s team ever again that I guy is that. so boring and we're, so we're absolutely we're gonna get idiotic we're okay <laughs> All right. All right. We'll get into Zach. I'm just kind of doing like some, some high level stuff here. So I don't know if, so obviously like it depends how back you want, how far back you want to take the window because Europe has won 10 of the last 14 Ryder cups. So that, that suggests dominance, right? But obviously the vast majority of those have teams where the current, you know, the current guys on, on both sides aren't on those teams. Um, but the last four Ryder Cups, it's just, you know, trading home team, home team wins pretty much. And there hasn't been a close Ryder Cup. Like, and by that, I mean, you know, really coming down to the wire on Sunday singles since 2012. Um, and it's just, it's just amazing to watch because, you know, the last few cycles, we have the U.S. team looking really, really good in a home victory. And then, you know, everyone thinking, all right, things have changed. And then they're, they're the, somehow the favorite for the next away Ryder cup. And then they just show up and forget how to golf. It, it is, it's, 
And I've listened, I've been, you know, listening to a bunch of podcasts about it, people explaining like all the different things Team Europe does versus Team USA. But like for whatever reason, and especially in the alternate shot format, like Team USA, they just, they just don't hit good shots in Europe. And I don't know why. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty, it was a smart move. I mean, it, it proved to be a smart move by uh, Luke Donald to, switch around the formats that they usually do in Europe. Usually they start with four ball and do foursomes in the afternoon. Uh, He changed that um, kind of a gutsy, gutsy call on his part, but they went alternate shot right out of the gates and got out to a four zero lead. And that, I mean, Ryder cup was basically over Friday morning. Yeah. uh, Basically is correct. I mean, it's obviously not over. You need 14 and a half points, but um when you're down four zero and it was kind of as dominant as it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty scary. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's just overall my, my take. I, I don't know if I'm just like pessimistic about it because, you know, my team didn't win, but it's just like, it just right now seems like, you know, we're on a cycle of where, for whatever reason it is the home, you know, the home advantage is extremely strong. And so then the, the home team just comes out playing super loose, super free, like feeding off the energy and the, and the away team just like is extremely uncomfortable. I, I don't exactly know uh, what to attribute that to. Well, this kind of can go back to like, we talked about last week, this European team has looked scary for really the second half of 2023. Like, Everyone that thought that the U.S. was just going to kind of walk out, like run away with this Ryder Cup was strongly mistaken because this, I mean, this was going to be close the entire time. At least I thought so. I didn't think that this was going to be a cakewalk. So, I mean, it actually ended up being quite the opposite. It was a cakewalk for the Europeans, which, um, you know, is a whole different thing, but... Noah, did, did you give your sort of overall thoughts or did we... Yeah, I mean, I just said I, I I thought the European players played really well, and I don't know, kind of kind of like behind what, what you're talking about with the home team playing well. Like, I just wonder how much of that is psychological when you're at home with the Ryder Cup, and I don't know. It just it feels like it felt like obviously from watching it on TV, it felt like the European guys wanted it so bad. And the U.S. team also wanted it bad, but just not as bad. I don't, and who knows, but it's an interesting thing to think about, like the home team winning a lot. And I wonder how much of that, I wonder how much of that is course setup. I just can't, I can't like honestly get myself to say that course setup has a big role in it because these guys are such good golfers. And you could say like, like they were talking about how the U.S. is better wedge players and and the and the oh the my gosh they were Europe team was like trying to was like trying to take the wedges the out of their hands point. I'm like I'm like are they like you've got to be joking these are like these are 24 of the best golfers in the world they're all phenomenal at almost every aspect of the game save you know Scotty Scheffler at putting you know it's like these guys are <laughs> and even he even him is 128th on tour at putting that's still unbelievably good at putting so it's like how much of it. I can't get myself to honestly 
to to say and believe that it's the core setup. It's got to be something like it's just got to be something more. And and it's interesting that the home team seems to win a lot, but it's also kind of cool. Um, I would say so. The last European Ryder Cup in France at Le Golf National, uh, that one. I would say course setup had a much bigger impact on that Ryder cup. That was a funky little golf course where basically the the skill that was rewarded far above every other skill was driving it in the fairways. And, um, you know, they had like, they had guys like Henrik Stenson on the team, like serving a specific purpose for alternate shot. He's there to hit fairways with his three wood. They had guys like Molinari on the team, you know, uh, Fleetwood, Alex Noren, like a ton of just very straight hitters of the ball. Uh, this Ryder Cup at this golf course, I don't think course setup played n- anywhere close to the same factor that it played in 2018. And in theory, it should play less and less of a factor as we go on because all these European guys, like all the best European players are playing PGA Tours. Like of, of everyone on their team, I think, all of them except two of them are PGA Tour full-timers. So they're all playing the same type of golf week in and week out. So I don't think there's really a European style of golf yeah, I just, anymore. It, it, it's hard for me, again, it's hard for me to believe that like, there's that much difference to where that would like show the res- would yield the results of, of a multi-point deficit from course setup. It's like, okay, maybe like, I don't know, maybe a little, who knows, but it just doesn't seem like that's it. It seems like it's something else or some, well, they just, I don't know. And if it is like truly like a home advantage, then, then that's just the fans because it, yeah. it's not like the fact of being at home because I mean, none of the players are Italians, right? Like none of the players were at home. Sure. I mean, yeah. they're all from other countries and most of them live in the U S anyway. So most of them had to travel the same distance to go there. So it's not like a, you know, yeah, we're I think at, there's something to and, that. And the US team had to had to fly over to us. I mean, I think yeah, I think I think even maybe the players might underestimate like how big of an effect it it could have when everyone that all like the vast majority of people that are on the ground are cheering for you. Like that's just it even has to be psychologically part, like, it it has to be like a huge part of this, I guess. Yeah, because it's got, it's none got of the other be. factors it's, like make the, all that much sense. Like, exactly. Yeah, I agree. That's the only thing that really I can, I could see making a difference. Unless there's just vibes in the European soil that, uh, make the Americans hit bad golf shots. <laughs> they also kept talking about how they had a picture of Seve in their locker room, which is like, all right, like, and so, they were just talking yeah. about it a lot. I'm like, why are so like, like the, the European Ryder Cup team, they leave, they lean extremely heavily into like their culture and like the history of it. And like, they had a locker for Seve, like in, in, the, yeah. in the locker room, in the team room, they had like a, it had his name yeah. on there. It was, it was a locker of his. They had, but that's, I think that's cool. Shirt that he wore in Ryder Cup competition. And it's like, Look, yeah, like that's yeah. cool. And it like gets all their emotions going, but I don't know. Like, it's not what they're playing stuff, for. Some of that they're stuff. They're not playing for Seve. Over the top, but apparently it works yeah. for them. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they're playing for Seve. I think they're playing for team Europe and that's just, and they're just like saying stuff like that. Um, all right. Should we just, I'm just going to do like a quick recap of, of what went down. Okay. Here's the quick recap. U S got bopped Friday morning. 
That's true. Yeah. Second for, for, Friday morning, we started with alt shot. John Rom, Tyrrell Hatton, absolutely destroy Scotty and Sam Burns. That's uh, tough. I, I did Victor a little and research too. Okay. Uh, when the Ryder Cup was at Le Golf National in mm-hmm. Europe or in France, uh, the Europeans also swept the Friday foursomes that day as well. Yep. In the last four European Ryder Cups, um, the total for the alt shot or the foursomes, uh, there's been 24 points up for grabs. Europe is winning 20 to four. Holy crap. So we're garbage at alternate shot. Just in Europe though, because in the oh, past, really? in, in the last like few, in the last, I think three American Ryder Cups, they're like winning. I forget the exact number. Like, yeah. um, but have a, have a substantial lead in four. So is that, so, it's so is that the difference maker? It totally is the difference maker because that's crazy. I mean, I mean, yeah. So this, I mean, this session, right? We uh, so we lost by five. Uh, Friday foursomes, we lost four zero. Saturday foursomes, we lost three one. So literally, all like the past, all of these like European Ryder yeah. Cups, it, they're they're even matches except for Europe. Absolutely cleans up in the alt shot, and <laughs> that's it's really weird. It's strange. It's crazy. Um, and so you think, oh, wow, the Americans must just suck at this format. But then, but no, they, they, I was hearing stats from the European team, just making birdie after birdie and alternate shot, which is pretty crazy. Oh, like, I mean, the pairing of Hovland and Ludwig was very, very good. Uh, they also were matched up, especially on Saturday against the team that was very, very bad. But uh, you know they were they were playing well. Do, yeah. do you guys know what they shot alternate shot or like what they were at when they? Uh, I can't well, remember. Played, I heard some figures at some point, but we'll have to. I mean, we'll like, are you talking the whole team? We really wanted to. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's kind of a niche stat, I guess, but I was just interested at what, like, like, were they, were they winning matches like three and two shooting like four under as a team or were they getting like eight, eight deep as a team? Was it like no, scary low going, or was it just I, like, I, I mean, no, they were, were shooting around they, even. Well, there were some of the, that played better were probably like maybe a little lower than that. I think it was. In the alt shot, it was more the Americans not playing well. Yeah. Like they, okay. Like, okay. Like that's. The, I guess. Yeah. That's kind of what I was trying to. Friday and yeah. Saturday morning, in the in the alt shot, the Americans truly just laid an egg. They played just yeah. terribly, all of them. Um. Yeah. So they so they swept the first session. Um. Ludwig and Victor four and three over uh, Max Homa, Brian Harmon. Uh, Shane Lowry, Sepp Strzok, a two and one over uh, Ricky and Colin, Rory and Tommy, two and one over uh, Xander and uh, Cantlay. So just a complete other utter um, worst case scenario start for Team US. Um, I'm fine with the Xander and Patrick, you know, pairing. Ricky and Colin was maybe a head scratcher to some. I actually liked it before before the match. Um, they had. They had absolutely no juice. Um, Homa and Harmon, I was excited for them, actually. I kind of felt like, I feel like those are two guys who are both good ball strikers, though. 
Like I would have I mean, liked Harmon to be with more of a long ball hitter. Homa Homa's not short off the tee. I, I, he's not short, but like I would like to see Brian Harmon with like a Brooks. Or like a, Brooks, yeah, like Brooks or, or Scotty. Scotty. I mean, Scotty's I mean, a great a lot of, too, so. I mean, I heard some people saying like they would rather see Brian Harmon not play in alt shot, but oh. like that he'd be better for sure. foursomes. Sure. Um, That's or for four ball. Yes, four ball, sorry. Yeah. Uh just because like I mean, I don't know. I've, like he's he's relatively straight off the tee, but I mean, does 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 his partner want to be hitting from you know the tee shots of one of the shortest players on tour? Yeah, his, his game is a little different than a lot of the other guys. That's not a bad critique. Which is why it was so terrible that he was in the Ryder Cup. Like, I mean, it go, yes, I've been saying and, that for months. Yeah, like, th- and does, does this Ryder Cup change how they set up their point system? I'm not you know? going to sh- like lie and look at strokes gain and say that Brian Harmon was better than a lot of the players on the team. Uh, I mean, he was the fourth best player on the team by strokes gain this week. See the, the thing with strokes gain though, is because it's match play. Like you have to take the strokes gain with a gain of, with a grain of yeah. salt, just because yeah. you know, there's strokes a lot of different grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. Strokes grain of salt. Um, it's because there's a lot of different strategy that goes into it. Like you're going to hit a lot more aggressive shots than you would given certain situations, things like that. But, um, but yeah, that, that's also an interesting uh, point is because, you know, because these guys won these majors that otherwise, you know, they probably wouldn't have been on the team, Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon. Uh, so they were auto qualifiers. I mean, Wyndham Clark hasn't had good form since pretty much the U S open and Brian Harmon, I mean, didn't do anything outside of the open this year. So, you know, and you, and you, yeah, I don't, and I don't want to put it like yeah. this, but you were stuck with those two guys on your team because they yeah, qualified because the majors have so many points. Yeah. You can always, you, I feel like at some level you could almost always say that about any qualifying system, even like guys who like, like what, what are the top six? Is it, like what are the six auto qualifiers? Is it based on FedEx Cup points or what? It's based on uh, it's Cup based points. on it, well no well and Ryder Cup points are based off of money pretty much. Okay, so so like um, you could win some early and then be in bad form at the end of the season and qualify still. I, I just think well, that I mean, like you could yeah you you I don't know it just seems but, like but it's basically they you're just weigh the minuscule improvements but but like for. For most cases, like for example, Scotty Scheffler, like he didn't win a major this year. I mean, he did last year, so he would have gotten some points for that. It's probably not as heavy as year of, but um, but he just plays well all the time. And so he had like a um, huge lead in Ryder Cup points. Like he was sure. more than yeah, double who sure. was ever second. That's, but but like a guy like Brian point, Harmon. Yeah. A guy like Brian Harmon who like was like nowhere near the top twelve in the standings. Um sure. and he just has has a career week wins the open and then it's he, a Rob McIntyre situation. He, he moves up like 20 points in the, in I the could, standings and, and I then totally becomes see, a lock. Yeah. I totally see what you're saying. I just, I just would be arguing that any system you, you pick or is guaranteed to have its flaws. So it's hard to. Yeah. You know, I get you what you're saying, but like weighing, weighing a player, like being but really good yeah, over time is, is going to be more like, indicative of a player who's going to have a good Ryder cup week rather than someone who just sure. had a, a peak week in at one sure. time. You could, but you could, all, you could also argue that guys that are peaking late in the season would be better than for the Ryder cup too. Like, uh, 
Uh, who's that guy? Yeah, like Glover, you know? Like, so ah. it's that would, you know, that kind of goes along the same lines as your argument, though. If, if I was arguing against what I was saying, I would also say, like, well, you know, getting to play in the Ryder Cup is a is a privilege, right? It's an honor. And so that should be like a reward for winning a major. Like if you win a major, you're pretty much, you, you get a spot yeah. on the Ryder cup team. Should, yeah. Um, but I mean, you could make that argument, but also, I mean, that's not, that's not setting it up to yeah. where it yeah. automatically Whatever, gives but... you the best chance to win the Ryder cup. So anyway, <sighs> anyway, we're down four oh, zero down four zero Friday afternoon, four ball. All right. U S is usually better at, at this format. It's like, we need to bounce back here. Um, you know, and, and, and win the afternoon in convincing fashion, Victor and Tyrrell Hatton versus JT and Spieth. Uh, JT actually played pretty good in this match. Um, they had a two up lead with five holes left and they let that slip and they, the match was tied. That was a gut punch. Um, the second match was Rom and Hoygaard against, uh, Scotty and Brooks and the plan all along was for Scotty and Brooks to play uh four ball together they had um they had a a lead basically the whole back nine and they ended up having a one-up lead or scotty made birdie on 17 um to have a one-up lead going to the last hole and then rom rammed in like a 30 footer for eagle that was going way too fast but it hit the uh, back of the cup popped up and landed in tie uh that match uh, like another punch right to the nuts then the next match uh, was Clark and Homa. They were actually playing pretty good for most of the day, and they were they had a two-up lead and lost each of the last two holes um, to only get a half point. So those three they matches... Were, they were also three up with five to play. Uh, lost 15, won 16, lost 17, 18. So that means they were two up with five to play, right? No, they won 13 to go three, two... Three. Oh yeah, two up. Yeah, but I'm not. So good the, 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 those were those were late leads for all three of those matches, and they only got a half point out of all of them. And just like, it, you know, just you got to finish. You got to finish those yeah. matches because the entire complexion of this Ryder Cup is totally different. Like that. Yeah. That, I mean, obviously, like when I said, the Ryder Cup was over after the morning session, going four zero. You know the Ryder cup was effectively completely over after that exchange of events Friday afternoon. Well, and, and they you, went you, from like, the possibility of being down five, three, yeah, that's fair. To being down a six and a half, one and a half. That's not great. And it's though it's what's cool about match play. I think is like, you think about going from one up to a half. It's like, Oh, I guess we lost a half a point. Well, you really lost a full point because you lost a half, but they gained a half. So the deficit was a full point, you know, like if you win yeah. a match, it's a not one, only yeah, it's are a you one getting one, swing. they're not getting one. So if you, by you winning, it's, you know, it's, it's a two point deficit. The flips are so big. So, and when there's only 28 points up for grabs, which really isn't that much, it, especially when you compare it to other golf tournaments, when you're playing four days of 18 whole rounds of golf and you're counting every stroke, it's like 28 points of match play is not really that much so these those seemingly small increments make so much difference mm-hmm. yeah and then the last match of that session uh rory and uh maddie fitz versus colin and xander 
Well, they Matt beat the Fitzpatrick and just went absolutely crazy. He made, I think he had a stretch where he went like birdie, birdie, eagle, birdie, or something. Like he was making every putt he looked at. They were, uh, I've got they it. Were si- Hold up right here. They were six up through seven and then just, you know, never looked back, ended up winning five and three. Uh, yeah. Fitz started out that round six under through six. Um, yeah. So it's not bad. Not bad at all. So that was, I mean, that was after after day one, and it was extremely bleak. Yeah. Saturday like morning, four. Like you said, the uh, just not winning those two matches is. Well, honestly, those three, like like you said, it could be five to three, and missing out on one and a half points there, it just it was a gut punch. Yeah. So then we get Saturday morning. We got foursomes again, already down six and a half, one and a half, playing the format that the U.S. is notoriously awful at. And it went, you know, about how you would expect. Um, there was one bright spot. It was Homa and Harmon, specifically Max Homa. He was lights out. And that that theme would continue uh, after that. But we got to talk about uh, Victor and Ludwig beating Scotty and Brooks nine and seven. I heard about that. I didn't watch it, but I heard about it. I heard those guys were devastated after that match. I mean, um, that's just, it's hard to even, yeah. So I, I got extremely little sleep, especially I had, I went to a concert Friday night. So like this was Saturday morning, literally at like, you know, 1230, this started. So I, I mean, I, I went to bed for like an hour. I didn't, I didn't know Taylor Swift was playing in Sioux Falls. It was actually Brett Young. Um, and then, uh, just went out and like, I started watching and I'm like, you know what? I can't do this. Went to sleep, woke up and I saw that one of the matches was already over nine and seven. I was like, uh, excuse me, but do you have anything to say about, uh, this session, James? Um, you know, crown Vic, uh, I didn't really like. I I just didn't watch a whole lot of the first couple days, so I really don't have a whole lot. Um, I knew Max was playing really, really well. Uh, and I knew Victor and Ludwig played really, really well. Um, I don't know. It's I Going back to the Friday four ball, too, well, big talk was that Patrick Cantlay did not play in four ball when he's like apparently was the tour leader in birdie percentage last year or birdie average. So the fact that you have the guy that makes a lot of birdies and you're not playing him in the format that you need to make a lot of birdies is just kind of questionable, which points yeah. to my Zach Johnson hatred. But yeah, so that that would have been yeah the the first day in the afternoon is that what you're talking about when it went yeah yeah uh, the first Xander day. Xander with Colin versus Xander with Pat yeah yeah and uh, I and I totally agree with you. The only thing that makes me even not worry about that is because they played Rory and Fitz, so I don't think it would have mattered who. Yeah, I don't think it really made was a partnered with. Um, I'm looking at that nine and seven match right now. Uh, Victor and Ludwig, so it was alternate shots. So there was just one score. They were par par, bogey, birdie, and they won all those first four. By the way, yeah, one with a bogey on three, par par, bogey, birdie, birdie. Um, par, par, birdie, 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 birdie. Okay, so they were playing really good. 
Yeah, um, they birdied. I mean, they birdied the last four holes. They birdied, but also some of those birdies might have been four, con- five, six. might have been conceded because yeah, like there are a lot of bogeys in. You know, yeah. it's not like they're winning a hole like birdie versus par. Um, and I saw some stats saying like when Scotty and Brooks, like if they were playing out their own golf ball, like the statistically how they were playing, they both would not would probably have not broken eighty. <laughs> and um, I'm just looking at Scotty and Brooks' best ball score or not their best ball, their alternate shot. They were eight over, I believe. Um, and again, some of those might've been conceded. Uh, if yeah. Victor so if anything, it'd be worse. Ludwig, yeah. They right? could have been much, much worse. Uh, and again, you kind of said strokes gained. You can't maybe look at both of them were uh, minus four strokes yeah, uh, in that round. That's so, tough. And they only played 11 holes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, another th- interesting thing I learned. Um, so after the, the conclusion of the Ryder cup is that that um, Scotty and Brooks in alt shot, that was basically a panic pairing. That was not, um, that was not in the plan. That was pretty much uh day one went as horribly as we could have imagined. And so trying to find something. So they, those two were not supposed to play alt shot together, which is interesting. Um, not sure if that's a reason for playing that bad, but yeah, yeah that uh, that little clip of Scotty crying with his wife trying to console him was uh, it's tough, tough scene. Um, also pointing out to after Sunday morning, uh, Ricky was seemingly benched. He did not play, or Friday morning, did not play Friday afternoon, uh, did not play Saturday morning. Uh, and also when we talk about Saturday afternoon did not play Saturday afternoon. Uh, there was some thoughts that he was maybe sick. I mean, that was, was that was confirmed that he, he definitely had something going on. Was Um, it because I heard that, well, Zach Johnson said he wasn't benched because he was sick though. He was benched for right. So other reasons, it it was confirmed that Ricky was dealing with something, but like Zach was saying that wasn't why he's not playing basically. So it was like, both are both are true. So like he Ricky was dealing with something. I, I heard at one point it was a sinus infection. I don't know if that's really what it was. Uh does a sinus none infection the, make you concede the Ryder Cup winning putt? Nonetheless, that's not the reason that he wasn't playing. So and based off of the golf I saw him play, I think it's pretty evident why he was not playing. But he was the only player in these in this entire Ryder Cup to not earn any points. You stole my. I was going to do the donut finisher at the end, uh, and he was the one we talked about it last week. Who's not going to score or who's not going to win? Uh, Ricky you was one Bob. of them. I did say Bob, yeah. and I was. I mean, I did pick out the statistically worst player of the entire Ryder Cup for the Europeans, but he also one points in every single match he played. So what do you do? All right. Uh, Saturday afternoon. So we're going into the Saturday afternoon session down nine and a half to two and a half. Needing a legitimate miracle to even have a chance for a miracle on Sunday, basically is where we were at. Um, So Sam Burns comes back out and plays with Colin rather than Scotty. And they actually, uh, 
they kill it. Burns Burns was red hot in the beginning part of the match, and then like the the middle part of the of the round, Colin got super hot. So uh, they just ham and egged it really well. One, four, and three. Tommy and Nikolai Hoygaard um, up against Max Homa, Brian Harmon. Max Homa just sort of continued his just balling out. He they were four up at one point. They ended up winning two and one. Uh, almost got a little dicey towards the end, but they uh, managed to close it out. Rosie and uh, Big Shot Bob dismantled uh, JT and Spieth, who were among the biggest disappointments from this Ryder Cup. Uh, Fitzy and Rory lose uh, to Patrick Cantley and Wyndham Clark on the last hole. Uh, Cantley with some late heroics. He birdies 16, 17, and 18 to uh, win the match one up. Flip it. They were one down on 16. His birdies on 17 and 18 uh, flipped that from one down to a one up win. Um, all the controversy involved, hat, gate, everything um, lost in that was that he was absolutely carrying Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark was an absolute turkey in that <laughs> match. Wyndham Clark and, was a bag of weights this Ryder Cup. Uh, if you were just paired with Wyndham Clark, it was just you were you were in trouble. Unfortunately, uh, he wasn't the only bag of weights on no. uh, Team USA. It was the entire team, basically. Do we talk about Hatgate now? Uh, yeah, I want to just briefly go through. You know, Burns and Morikawa took down probably the hottest team, the hottest duo. I said I wanted to see the Scandinavian duo, and they did not disappoint me. I loved that. Homa was hot. You know, uh, Victor, Zach Johnson. Was, Victor was probably just a little bit fatigued. He, uh, I think he was, he and Rory were the only guys on Team Europe to go all five, and Max was the only guy on Team USA to yeah. go all five. Um, the Jordan or the Jordan Spieth Justin Thomas match again. I don't know what hole it was, um, but was this when the Zach Johnson controversy where Rose is in play on sixteen and? He tells him to hit three wood and lay up and he hits it in the water. Uh yeah, rather that, than hitting driver. That was this match, yeah. Yeah. Uh so again, screw Zach Johnson. Um, you're from so, Iowa, yeah, you're a freaking and, and, idiot. And of course, Zach is gonna say, Well, I wasn't telling him to hit three wood, I was just giving him information so he could make a decision. But like, what what are we even every player is hitting driver that's not Rory on that hole, pretty much. Like what yeah, just what made him think he, and, you're three down at this point with three to play. Like you have to hit driver. Like you can't hold back. Yeah. J- they both played awful in that match, JT and Jordan. Um, yeah. It seemed like a lot of times, a lot of times Jordan was just basically out of play. So it was JT on his own. And uh, JT's game still not sharp. Uh, the iron shots not great. Uh, off the tee not great either. So the Jordan Smith experience. But yeah, US ends up winning that session three one. Um, Hatgate. Um, there's so much. There's two different Hatgates too. I mean, I don't know if you want to really consider the uh, the Joe Lacava. Hat gate as hat I mean, gate, but yeah, it's it, it's all part of it. So yeah, there's there's two hat gates here. So during uh during Saturday, at some point, uh, a British Sky Sports journalist, his name is Jamie Weir, he tweets out that sources are telling him that the USA is quote fractured, um, 
due to Patrick Cantlay um, basically making a stink about how he should be getting or the players should be getting paid for playing in the Ryder Cup. And that um, his form of protest is not wearing a hat because he obviously usually wears a hat when he plays professionally. He's, you know, and it has a, a sponsor logo on there, whatever. Um, and so since he wasn't getting paid to play in the Ryder Cup, he didn't want to wear the hat with the Team USA logo on it or something. That was the tweet. So like, you know, that um, him not wearing a hat is is because it's in protest. Um and so then the entire afternoon match, uh, the fans are just absolutely heckling Cantlay to no end. Every single hole, uh, they're they're all taking off their hats and everyone's just waving their hats at him. I'm curious if he even knew what it was about at first. Like he had to have been super confused. Why is everyone waving their hats at me? Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it ended up, uh, fueling them a little bit. And then it sort of galvanized the U S team to where like, you know, there were, it was sort of a big thing. Like, you know, no, we're not fractured. Like we're all, you know, we're all good and we're with Pat and everything. And so he, he makes three absolutely stone cold birdie putts in the last three holes. And um, so the whole U S team was there. They're celebrating by taking their hats off and waving them around. And then uh, his own caddy, Joe LaCava, former caddy for tiger woods. Uh, he was just after, Patrick made that huge putt on 18. He was uh, standing there waving his hat for, I mean, an absurdly was, long time. Yeah. Yeah. It was look going back and seeing the full like context. It was way too long. He was, he was definitely out of line there, but um, Rory was trying to, you know, go through his process for reading his putt and everything. He took exception to it. Some words were exchanged. Uh, Shane Lowry, who was not involved in the match ended up, getting involved um i really don't like shane lowry anymore not because of that specifically not because of that specifically but he's just way over the top in the Ryder cup like today he was like two or three down to spieth and like he made like a five footer and started going crazy it's like dude you are trying way too hard um he's a chess beater too you know like beating his own chest i don't like chess i noticed i don't i don't like i love getting the crowd fired up. I love the hand waves, but I hate the chest beat. It's just like, buddy, come on. Well, and back in Paris in 2018, Ian Poulter like did a couple chest beats. Like that were like, I thought they were hard enough to like throw off his heart. Like it was. Yeah. Like some serious. Poulter's uh, a different breed. Yeah. I hate Ian Poulter for other reasons, not involving the Ryder cup, but uh you know, his Ryder Cup antics also make him very hateable. I, I can't say yeah. I feel the same about what you said about Lowry there, Nick. I I mean I don't like Shane. I'm on I'm on boat with you, Nick. Can I give can I give a couple uh beefs of the week from the European team really quick? Yeah, just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quick like wrap a bow on the hat gate a little bit. This. Um, go ahead. So then, so, ahead, then, so then the video uh the video services then from the parking lot after you know there was some some tension on the 18th green of uh, Rory just absolutely ba- screaming at JT's caddy bones. Um, and not only screaming, he's pointing and screaming, screaming which screaming, pointing diligent lip readers um, seem to come to an agreement that at some point in the exchange, he says that was an effing disgrace. Um and then, you know, Shane basically shoves him in the car and is like holding him back sort of deal. Uh, extremely dramatic scene there uh, from Rory. 
And uh, I saw an amazing meme. It was, I don't know if you saw this, either of you. It was it was that video, but with the audio from the plane lady, like that mother effer's not oh. real. And it lined up perfectly. You have to try to find that. I'm going to uh, have to look for that. Oh, I think I... It might be... Uh, do you follow PGA memes? I do. Okay. Uh, I think that's who it was. Okay, I'm going to listen to it quick. Like, the uh, the and audio... This is... This is... This is Rory in the parking lot after the... Yeah, did you see this clip, Kava? Noah? I only saw him waving the hat and Shane getting pissed. And I was being... Uh, and I was... From what I saw, I was like, Shane, just go back to your whatever... I well, don't know what you're no, doing. No, you doing are, you, are you doing the, the video on your phone right now, the call? Uh... I mean, yeah. Like, can okay. you can you see me? I, I well, yeah. I just I just sent you something to your phone. I didn't. Oh, know. I got you. I got you. I got you. So, yeah, interesting um, situation. Ryder Cup seems to just bring out the fire. Did you so, see the video, Jenks? No, I couldn't I find the fireworks. Uh, oh, I'll look for it more afterwards. Um, I kind of want to. I kind of want to get your live reaction. I found it. Okay. I sent it to Noah. I figured you were. I'll 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 go over and take a look at it because because if, if we're talking about this, I want to see what's going on. This this was uh, this was the funniest content I found in regards to uh, the old parking lot scene. But did you did you did you send over? Did you text it to me? Uh, on Instagram. Oh, Instagram. At least I I tried to. So it ended up being a, a, a it's too re- perfect. Isn't it? Isn't the timing way too good? It's like, that's way too, way too good. Uh, so anyway, it ends up being a, a rallying point for team USA. Also for team Europe though, kind of got both teams fired up, uh, with a little, with a little drama. It definitely injected some juice into the event though. That's funny. Uh, without those late heroics from Cantley, like if they lose that match, and instead of ten and a half, five and a half, it's eleven and a half, four and a half going into uh going into Sunday. I mean, that's there's no point in watching at that at that point. Yeah. If it's eleven and a half, four and a half going into Sunday. Well, especially when the biggest comeback ever was ten six. Um eleven yeah. and a half, four and a half is way too steep. I mean, you you literally have to win every single match at that point, pretty much. You have to win eleven and have one. That's just no, no, no. You have to uh, no. It's four. They had to get to fourteen and a half, so they'd ha- they would have had to. Plus, win, they were at uh, four and a half. They would have had to win nine or ten. Oh yeah, they, they would have to win. For, there's twelve matches, not ten. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um. So are we good? We just move on to Sunday singles. Yep. So Sunday got interesting for a while. So you you would have thought that uh, U.S. needed to come out extremely strong and have a really you know really dominate the early matches in order to have a chance and sort of extend this thing. <clears throat> um, they really did not do that. Europe front loaded. They went with Rom, Hovland, Rose, McElroy, Fitzpatrick, and Hatton for the first six. Right. So that is. 
I mean, they were trying to end this thing as soon as possible, uh, which is what I would have done in Luke's situation. Um, Scotty and Rom back and forth all day. It was a great match, um, but ends up Rom birdies the 18th hole to tie the match, and that was that was a gut punch right away because you're uh, we were kind of counting on that full point from Scotty, and that really changed things. Whereas later in the day, when Team US needed basically all six of those last matches to swing the right way, I mean to have a little bit of leeway there. If Scotty would have got that full point, you know, then you could have afforded to to have one of those matches coming in. Would have been, you know, would have been huge, but wasn't able to be. Victor dismantled Colin. Seems about right. Uh, Cantley versus Rose. Cantley was just stone cold again. This guy, he is, uh, he's something else. Uh, we can get into, you know, some of that background stuff, which is, you know, what's true and what's not about that situation. Justin Rose would not go away. His putting was unreal this week, but Cantley was just too much in the end. Rory was never going to lose to Sam Burns. Let's be honest. Rory was, uh, I mean, statistically the best player of the day strokes gained wise. Um, no, he was like, there was, I think he shot like eight under. Yeah. On, he was plus today. plus five strokes gained T to green for the day. Yeah, so, I mean, Sam Burns played fairly well to even get it to hole 17. Uh, Homa, uh, extremely it. clutch over Matt Fitzpatrick, even though, I mean, if, we're, if we forget the tee shot on 16, Fitzpatrick goes in the water and then Homa follows him up uh, into the water again. That was... Yeah, a little setting shady that, there. Setting that aside... Uh, that finish on 18, taking an unplayable, dropping it in the rough and getting uh, up and down, making that probably a seven, eight footer. Uh, that was that was awesome. That was I such was, a good moment. I, I will say right here before I forget, I was very impressed with Homa this week. Um, oh, yeah. We'll we'll go with we'll, we'll do some of our biggest, you know, um, disappointments, but also our, you know, the, the players that were the best from from the week do some overview after Tyrrell hat and Brian Harmon. This was a huge match throughout the day. Um, this is sort of one where we, this one needed to get flipped. Um, when we were sort of in our window where it was like, wait a second, like this, this actually isn't too far fetched of a possibility considering, you know, there was a string of matches that mm-hmm. the U S had control of in the middle there. Um, but Harmon wasn't really able to mount anything. So that was, that was a tough loss. So then after that, the U S needed to win all six of the last six matches. Um, Kepka took care of, uh, Ludwig JT beat Sepp and, uh, Xander three and two over Nikolai Hoygaard. But then and the J- last three JT's over Sepp looks like it looked like it could have been a little sketchy there on 18. He was one up and, uh, you know, Sepp was in the fairway. JT missed in the the left bunker off the tee, so it looked like you know yeah. Sepp could maybe give it a ride in two, and JT was going to lay up. Uh, JT J- ends up making birdie, and Sepp doesn't. So that was that was good yeah. out of JT there. Yep, that was like an absolutely crucial match and a crucial stage, and uh, we didn't see the tee shots from them. It was uh, during a commercial, and they never showed it. So that's interesting because I did see them. You did JT and Sepp's tee shots. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, I, wait, I saw wait, wait, wait. I did see those. Now it was uh it was Max and Fitz that they didn't show the tee shots. Yeah, I think that's a conversation for later. I did see you're right. I had the wrong match that I was thinking of. Um so it was basically while they were on the 18th hole that I think Ricky was on 16 and that whole situation was happening. I think when JT yeah. and Sep teed off, there was still a chance. Um, but then by the time JT was hitting his wedge shot, it was over. I think that's kind of how the timeline yeah. goes. Um, so we can skip the Spieth match and go to the Ricky I, and Tommy because that's well, how it ended. You skipped Xander as well, I think. No, I, I mentioned it Did briefly. You? Yeah, I do want to talk about the Spieth one because the Spieth one, I mean, had it still mattered, Spieth peed this one down his leg. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, 16, that's a pretty tough shot. Him losing that, that's another thing, but he's still tied at that point. Um, after Lowry goes left of the green on 17, why are you even taking on? the pin that's that was that was a despicable golf shot like lowry goes let me misses the side you can't miss on 17 and then spieth just follows him that was that was i'm trying to come up with words for how terrible a shot that was in that situation like and then lowry just nails a clutch putt which i mean if he misses that spieth wins 18 that's i mean spieth wins that match yeah but. but it so Basically, they were on 17 as Ricky and Tommy were, as Ricky was basically conceding on 16. So yeah. it wouldn't have ended up mattering. But I, I mean, the tee shots, I don't think it was decided yet at that time. So the shot that Jordan hit missing left after Shane just missed left, like so bad, so bad. And um, then to- Tommy and Ricky. Yeah. Tough. Uh, yeah, tough to be a Rick supporter and have this happen. And I don't really know like what all happened. I don't even know what the situation was. Um, you know, a huge have on 15 for, cause that's about when I was watching, uh, having so, 15. Well, after, after he made like a 20 footer on, uh, for birdie on 14 to win that hole and get back to one down. And, uh, and that, and at that time, U.S. was leading in those in four consecutive matches. So Brooks, JT, Xander, Jordan, those were all leads. And then uh, Ricky and Wyndham were both only one down. So they needed to just keep those leads and flip both of them. Now, I mean, obviously easier said than done, but like it was a distinct possibility. And uh, then. Then, yeah, yeah. so. 16 Ricky hits. I mean, it's just an abysmal swing. Like you got got you got Brooks and John Rahm carrying the green on that hole. And then Ricky hits like this this wipey driver that like he it didn't land within 40 yards of the green. Like that was so far short. Like that was like truly an awful swing. Um then he hits a good shot from the drop area. He had like six or seven feet for par probably remaining. Uh, Tommy hits just a laser beam with his driver onto the green. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet shot. Yeah. One of the best tee shots I saw in that hole all week, probably. I heard uh, afterwards Tommy's caddy was talking to uh, a rep- basically a reporter, a media guy, and was like, and said that was the straightest drive he's ever seen Tommy hit, like the ball flight, like the straightest ball flight. 
Interesting. And this guy, and th- this guy showed him the tracer, which like showed like it looked made it look like it was a cut. And Thomas Caddy was like, "Nope, tracer's wrong." He's like, "That ball was on a rope, like literally yeah. dead straight." <laughs> so I found that it was a, it was a beautiful tee shot. Yeah, That's so he so left his it eagle so, putt about so three feet short. So Ricky had Ricky had to he couldn't lose the hole. If he if Ricky loses the hole, the Ryder Cup's over because that guarantees Tommy a half point. He would have been two up with two to go. Ricky has about six, seven feet for par. Tommy has three feet for birdie. So Ricky has to make it. Was, it, it was like it was like two foot one, I think they said. It was two, it was two nine. Two, two nine? Foot, two, nine. two foot nine. Okay, I heard it wrong then. Okay. It so, looked close. Yeah. So Tommy leaves that birdie putt short. <laughs> I just I love when Azinger gets these calls wrong. He's like, not a chance he's gonna concede this putt. And then Ricky just yeah, down, picks it up. And picks it up. Or, or, oh or yeah. Tells him that's good. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with you, dude. So I'm do you guys think Ricky knew that that conceding that putt decided the Ryder Cup? I, I don't know, and I don't think it really mattered. Like, I mean, ultimately, even, it wouldn't have. Even if, Ricky, even if Ricky makes that putt, like, that's virtually on the same exact line. Like, no, like, Tommy was going to make it. Yeah. I mean, but, like, yeah. You make, you, you got to see it, right? I, I, think I don't, so. yeah, I don't, I don't think you have to, but you're, you're fine with conceding it. I was totally fine with that. Ricky has a history of like some sketchy concessions too, doesn't he? Didn't he like concede a really long one to Sergio once in the match play or the Ryder Cup? It was actually the other way around. Uh, was it was the other playing, way around? Yeah, he was playing Sergio in the match play in 2014. Sergio gave him a 17 footer for par. Uh, crazy that I still know the details of this, but I think Sergio was like three up at the time. Um, there was like some rules scenario, like on the hole before that took really long and Sergio like felt bad about it or something. So oh, he yeah, really gave, he gave Ricky a 15 footer for par. Ricky ends up coming back and winning the match classic. But, uh, and then big shot, Bob takes care of Wyndham Clark in the final match. So we ended up, uh, splitting the singles cause we were, we were down 10 and a half, five and a half. Right. So we were down five end up losing by five. Yeah. Uh, Two and a half points short, which if you would have told me after Friday that we would only be two and a half points short, I guess that's a victory in and of itself. Um, just because the U.S. was getting the brake speed off them, they actually, you know, I don't know if you want to call it finished strong, but. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just the foursomes, right? Like the other formats is, it's. Um, tightly contested for the most part, but, um, yeah. And I guess they did split everything after Friday cause they were down five after Friday. So, yep. Hang the banner tied with team Europe in Europe. The Saturday uh, and Sunday. Yeah. Saturday. Those guys, Sunday. those guys are probably still partying right now. Oh my gosh. The, Videos that were coming out on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram yeah. of the Europe European team bus look it's gonna outstanding. Be, I'm gonna be honest, gonna be, like seeing videos of Victor celebrating does warm my heart. Oh my god! Oh, the the picture funny. of Victor laying on the green and all the wags behind him. 
Oh, that was so that was funny. Hilarious. He's holding the cup. He's holding the cup and all like all the wives and or whatever. Him was it was it uh Jose Maria Olfabel? Yeah. Yep. Him and Jose Maria the entire time was just great. Uh, Victor's um, such a beauty. Victor's awesome. I, I, I love cheer for Victor. Victor. He's, he's such like, a great guy. He's like Ricky from the 2016 Ryder Cup. Do you remember that picture? Yes, when, the with the like the shrugged shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Victor um, can follow in another Oklahoma State boy's uh, uh, footsteps. Maybe there's a pole vaulter in his future. <laughs> can we go? Can we go into uh, beef of the week and beauty of the week? Yes. Yes. All right. Because I've got a couple beefs. Um, so let me. Uh, okay. Go, yeah. ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. I, I just I was gonna get just a, a definition on beef of the week and beauty of the week. Like, what's your? Yeah. Well, your beef of the week is something that you have beef with that just kind of ground your gears, made you upset about seeing. And then your beauty of the week is just somebody who was a beauty this week um, okay. or something right. very, that happened very, very to be simple. a beauty. So, um, so it's not my, like a, like a who laid an egg versus like who played well. It's like something no, I personally no. have beef with. Yes, exactly. Okay. Something right. that you All beefed right. with or something that you thought was beauty. Um, my beef of the week was uh, – I've got this is two. Um, one of them was John Rahm missing a putt and just like standing still with his jaw dropped on the ground. Like every time he missed like a 15 footer, he would just look at it and just mm. be in utter disbelief that he missed a 15 footer. And like I have no problem with that, but most guys when they miss it, they're like, like shoot as they're like they're walking to the ball. They're like ah, like how did it turn that way? Like that's very normal. But he would just stay still. Like he's the only person in the world that matters at this moment and just draw a drop to the ground. I'm like, dude, get over yourself. Just go hit the ball in the hole. Well, yeah, so like that was one his, of my his two putt. Do you see his two putt on 18 today? Yeah. Like, when he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, he's like covering his mouth. Like he thought it was oh, I, like, like that, dude, that stuff, dude, it was a great putt. Like I'll, it was a phenomenal yeah. putt, but like, it didn't look like it was going to go in like no, you know it's, like, not, it's not like it horseshoe lipped on him or something yeah and like and i would understand if like like any other normal guy i feel like would be like leaning to the right like oh get in like get in and, and then kind of look at his captain like oh like can you believe that i almost made that like mm-hmm. that was crazy kind of yeah. thing but rom has this attitude of like how in the world did that not go in? and he's just standing there like jaw drop still just like staring at it and it just, it really, like, it actually makes me angry watching that. And no one else does it. Everyone else, when they miss it, like, they have that kind of, like, oh, man, reaction. Like, shoot, I almost had it. How did that not fall in? But, like, as they're walking up, just in a normal, like, respectful way. But, gosh, that ground, that really ground my gears this week. And then, uh, and then yeah, just the other to one? interject real, really quick. Oh, go um, ahead. Go ahead. Just like, like he has this, how dare you not go in? Like, yeah, you know, especially he with all the holeouts, with all the holeouts that he himself and team Europe had, like he chipped in like three or four times yeah, in this Ryder Cup. And then sometimes when he, when he chips in, he's like, oh, like finally, like, that's just what I do. It's like, dude, yeah. get, like get pumped when you do something good and then just like get normally upset when it's a ball doesn't go in. Don't act like you deserve to make everything you look at. But, uh, and then my other beef of the week doing two beefs, um, was Luke Donald's interview, like right kind of after they won. And they're asking him like, 
like out of all these achievements you had in your life, how does this compare? And he's like kind of getting, he's like choking up a little bit. And he's like, this is the greatest, this is my greatest achievement of my life. I'm so proud of myself basically. And and I'm sitting there watching this guy, like you didn't hit a single golf shot this entire weekend. Like your guys did all the work and it's like, it, you're acting like this is the greatest athletic achievement of your life. That just didn't sit well with me. So take that for what you will. But I that's, appreciate that, like, that's I, how that's how Europeans view the Ryder Cup. Like they, yeah, like they, but he's if, the like captain. if they're if they're thinking of like like achievements in the game of golf. Like obviously, there's like winning tournaments, winning majors, like being on a Euro- winning European Ryder Cup team is up there. Like having a good Ryder Cup record is up there, but like being a winning Ryder Cup captain is seen as like a capstone to a great career. Yeah. Like that's how okay. they see it. That I get that. That, that makes sense. But sh- still to me personally, it was like, buddy, like I, I felt like he should be, he should have been given his players credit and it and it just felt like he was soaking it all in and acting like it was the greatest achievement of his life. And I'm like, what, what's going on? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that was, and then, yeah. So, I mean, he didn't uh, say, I'm really proud of myself. I mean, that's not exactly what, how he worded it. He she, effectively they, they said like, that. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I, I do remember those, those questions I, that, that interview just like, he was just like, yeah, he was choking up. He's just like, I'm, I'm just really proud, really proud, which, you know, if, if that's exactly what he means, I don't know, but he wasn't yeah. just like, I'm proud of myself. Like that's not exactly I, how no, he, but he said, it. Yeah. It wasn't exactly, but that's, pretty much what he said i'm pretty sure if i, if I remember right he's pretty much like i think it's more just like i'm I, i'm very proud that i i was able to be like a captain on a winning Ryder cup team like that's okay yeah it it, it could have been it could have been i could have been reading it wrong but like when they when they had cut over to zach johnson's interview and kind of contrary to jenks i actually liked what i saw from him the last two days um he was like it's not wow, about me we're gonna have to get it's into about that. the guys we we can but he was like, he was like in the interview, he's like, it's not about me. It's like, I got this good group of guys. I love them all. And, and, and it's, it's about the guys that are playing. So I appreciated that. But my beauty of the week, um, was Max Homa for sure. And specifically the putt he made at 18 to keep, to keep the hope alive, really to kind of like, that was one of the biggest moments on Sunday when he made like a, whatever the up and down putt to, hmm to win the match and i was like getting fired up i'm i was watching it by myself sitting in my bed and i was getting like clapping i'm like let's go max like well i was getting i was getting pretty amped up so that's my beauty of the week that was awesome that uh yeah max was that was a lot of fun to watch uh jengs we have a beef and a beauty uh my beef of the week is uh again nbc Oh, dang oh, that's it. a good one. That's, that's a good be I, I said it going into the week, and it's it's just no surprise how terrible NBC can be with playing through. Um, you know, it's, clips were- this dude, dude. It is truly astonishing. Like, like because I was up extreme at like you know hours of the day that people should not be up to watch this. And obviously they were just front loading the commercials. So then that makes you think like, okay, like 
then like later on the weekend, like especially Sunday singles, they'll probably like take it easy on the commercials because they front loaded us so hard at 1 a.m. But yeah, and they did. But no, there's like some of the most important shots of the day are on playing through. Like that yep. is inexcusable. And if you're watching on Peacock, you are not able to watch through the playing through. You are watching ads at that time. And so crazy. crazy. Uh, just absolutely abysmal. And are you watching on the cock? I, I am watching on the cock. That is tough. And I saw a thread. I bookmarked it on X. Uh, and then there's just clips on X, everything of, uh, you know, Victor Hovland's hitting a drive on 10 or 11. And the ball is literally flying through the air. And they swipe to playing through, like, right after contact. It's just yeah. absolutely absurd what they are doing with playing through. Um, oh, yeah, the entire know, broadcast is a, just a middle finger to yeah, golf fans that's everywhere. Such, that's such a good beef, Jang. T- TC said it beef. best. He said, F this can't do with the commercials and the lack of pride, even when they're not in commercial. Not going to voluntarily subject myself to this. Um, and they had some data there. So this was on Friday. I was going to bring this up. I'm glad you are. Friday. Uh, total stats, four hours, 21 minutes of time with balls in play. An hour, two minutes were commercial. That's 24% of the total. Uh, airtime was three hours, 19 minutes. So basically you got nine minutes of play followed by three minutes of commercial on repeat. Um, when eight balls were in play, 25% of the total time was, again, commercials. <laughs> so it was an average of seven minutes, 45 seconds between commercials. It was just absolutely abysmal. Um the the coverage and this is it's never going to change sadly it's it's just okay well i, I saw My i baby. saw numerous numerous people on twitter like i saw a guy that was so pissed off he bought a vpn and then got some info from a a lad uh over in the uk and then signed into the guys like sky sports and so he was watching yeah, he the sky was watching sports the world broadcast and uh yeah it's uh, Apparently, literally double the shots were shown on Sky Sports, which is hard to even think that that's even possible in an event with so few golf balls in the air. And Um, this is what I was saying last week. I was like, if we could just have, and TC tweeted it too, I'm pretty sure. If we could have like an NFL red zone, but for the Ryder Cup, where you can see all four matches on the screen at one time, so you're not missing a golf shot. But no, I have to watch four shots, watch four minutes of commercials, and then come back and do it all over again. Well, then the worst part is like when they are between commercials and it's like during the broadcast and they're, it's just nonsense, like in the broadcast. Like, n- nope. Like, like, it's just them in the if, tower talking. Yes. Like, if you truly insist on having this many commercials, when we're not in commercial, show golf shots and that's it. Like, we, we, we clearly do not have time for the other, for the other, you know, bull crap. And, so yeah, that's uh, that's my beef of the week. Oh yeah, good I could, beef, James. Really good. I could beef. De- definitely keep going on. What was there was something I was gonna bring up? Oh yeah, it's just like, especially in the alt shot, there are eight golf balls in play. Yeah, you should and, never and, miss and we, one. And, and and we're losing track of these matches. Like yeah, you shouldn't they'll, miss they'll, a they'll single go, one. They'll go like. 10, 15, 20 minutes without showing a match. And then they'll show shots like without any context of what's going on in that match or where we're at. And it's like, how is that even possible? There's so little golf on the golf course. It makes, it makes no sense. No um, sense at all. 
On the other side, my beauty of the week is I'm going to take the easy way out and go Victor Hovland. All uh, right. Just everything from Victor Hovland this week is great. Uh, even the pregame, you know, or like before the Ryder Cup, the the dinners and stuff like that. Uh, you know, you've got all the the European players walking with their their wife or girlfriend uh, arm in arm, and then he is walking arm in arm with Jose Maria Olthabel. Uh, so played great throughout the week and then you know the pictures today him with all the wags and then uh when the players all have their wives and girlfriends in the photo and he's just, again with jose maria uh just great content from vic and the video surfaced i saw it i don't know what match exactly it was but somebody tweeted out uh it was victor watching the americans on hole eight right now uh, and it's that clip of when he was doing his buddy's trip in Norway and he's in the cart with the dog oh. and his buddies are <laughs> over in the weeds looking for balls and he's just sitting there laughing. Yeah. Um, I, I just love Victor. Victor right. could, could be an honest beauty of the week every week of the year. That's true. That is true. Um. All right. Well, I... I'm going to dogpile on NBC again um, as one of my beefs of the week. I have a, n- a number of beefs. Uh, NBC, I mean, another. I, I thought of another thing, just the amount of time, the amount of times that they tell you, like, this was just a moment ago is like, it's like you're rubbing it in our face, like how behind you are because of the commercial load and all the nonsense. And then another thing is like, is it necessary to always say like, this was just a moment ago? Can you not just show the shot? Like, why do you have to always preface it with like, this was just a moment ago? Like all that does is piss me off more knowing that it's not live. Like a lot of those shots, like unless it was like an egregiously long time between the shot was hit and, and like them showing it, I wouldn't know the difference. So just show the shot. Uh, Paul's Paul Azinger is a just a catastrophe of colossal levels. I mean, he he says so many things that are just pure nonsense. Dude, dude. So about about maybe half of the broadcast today, I turned my volume down to like three notches because I couldn't take it. Like I actually couldn't take it. I was like, "What is? What are they like, saying right now?" Like it, it feels like Zinger when he's preparing for a tournament or like the final round of a major or something. And he like, just gets a piece of information. Like it's like he, he takes the time to come up with three talking points and just hammers them over. Oh yeah. Over and over and over. It's like zinger. Like, I don't mind that. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking about the U S open, like the amount of times he brought up the fact that like Ricky and Wyndham were using the same putter or, like the amount of times that he brought up that Windy Wyndham's caddy will just say like, you know what? Just be an athlete right here. Like, yeah, he's dude. good for a program where viewers like are coming and going nonstop. He's good. You know? No, he's, he's, he's good. <laughs> if it's on mute, like he has never <laughs> yeah, been good. He's so never good. been good. Yeah. He, he could be a good beef of the week. Um, okay. Do we have any more NBC takes before I move on to another beef? I think I've exhausted my NBC hatred. Chop down the NBC forest today. Like it, it, it is, it is appalling. It is a disgrace. 
the NBC coverage. Um, Captain Zach Johnson, beef of the week. I wanted to let that one slide. I listen, I'm a fan of Zach Johnson. Like I, his career, it's hard to imagine a guy getting more out of his golf game than that guy. Like he, he was not even a standout player in college really. And the fact that he won a masters and an open, like that's, that is, that is a guy squeezing every little bit out of his game, like possible, like for his level of talent. Um, major respect to Zach Johnson on his golf career, but as a captain, man, like I, I truly cannot think of a less inspiring personality to have as captain, like Jason Duffner, maybe like I, I, sometimes I would try to watch his interviews and pressers and like, I would get a couple minutes in. I had to turn it off. I can't. I can't do it. Every single answer seems like so canned and like he's trying to sound like really cool and like confident or something, but it just comes off as like, he's not, he doesn't sound like a human when he's talking and there's, there's just no way that not that like your captain has to be like, you know, a certain like personality that's super like galvanizing and all this sort of stuff, but like he can't have, he can't have the personality of a graham cracker. He, it was like I. It was hard. It was hard to watch. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, Jenks, or either of you. I. I mean, from I didn't watch any of his press conferences, but I heard that they were not good. Like just no, no emotion, no nothing. Um, his decisions just again. Like if you would watch like the interviews and like pressers like of him compared to Luke, like it was like it's night and day, man. Like yeah. Luke, he was just, I don't know. He seemed like he seemed really like there was a plan. The whole team was behind him and just so confident. And like, he at least seemed like he knew what he was doing. And, um, and then, you know, that's not even to get into, well, and I mean, it got off to a disastrous start with that uh, when they announced the captain's picks. I mean that that Zoom call was terrible. Just like a the presentation by Team Europe was just absolutely running circles around Team USA as far as like the captain's picks and all that sort of stuff. And then that's not even to mention like any of the pairings. Uh, do you have any any problems with the pairings that Zach put out there? Obviously, it's easy to do in hindsight, but. I I don't necessarily like looking back back at them. I mean the Homa Harmon one again, wish it just would have been a better duo. Um playing Cantley in the morning on Friday, not the afternoon. Just things like that. Like So I have a few that like I feel like could have been pretty obvious like at the time you know not just given how the results went uh sending out scotty and sam burns first on friday morning uh burns being a Ryder cup rookie um has not had very good form of recent and you send him out first 
in alt shot against. I mean, he didn't know who it was going to be against, but I mean, it ended up being against John Rahm and Tyrrell Hatton. You got to figure Europe's going to put out a very strong team first to try to set the tone, right? And you're you're putting Sam Burns in that in that situation. I feel like that's uh, that's a, that's tough. That yeah should should be a sort of uh, you know maybe I shouldn't put him in there, especially given his lack of form. Um, playing Spieth over and over, uh, even though it was patently obvious he was terrible this week. I think Pitt played him in three straight sessions when he was doing nothing but holding JT back. Not that JT was playing all that much better. Yeah, looking uh, those, statistically those, speaking, Spieth was the second worst player. I mean, I'm just going based off strokes gained. Take it with what you wish uh, mm-hmm. for the Ryder Cup. But, I mean, for the week, he lost almost 10 shots tee to green, uh, six off the tee, like, that's not the guy you just want to be sending out four times. I get that him and JT is just like the dynamic duo when it comes to this, but you, you've got to read the room a little bit. Like neither of them were playing all that well. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, Oh, I was going to mention another thing. Oh yeah. um, The uh, panic pairing of Brooks and Scotty. Uh you know, I, I get it. You needed a spark and you thought, you know, maybe a couple of a uh, couple of alphas going out would be a, a way to, I don't know, try to secure a point or something. But, you know, I think the whole like part of the thing going into it is like you have a plan and you stick to it, even if even if things don't go as you want to right away. And, you know, putting a couple of guys together that weren't planning on playing all shot together. Um you know, I don't think it has to be hindsight to know that that's probably not ideal. Um, I wonder, it, I wonder if that those guys going out was going to replace like a, a Ricky at all, because my understanding going into it, it seemed like the plan was to have Ricky play foursomes, like just foursomes. So um, I don't know how yeah, true that know. is. That, that That's a sense I got before. And just from like a few things I heard, so like my and so it didn't surprise me to see Ricky out in the first foursomes match and I so you know maybe the plan was to have him go in foursomes twice I don't know if the plan was him and Colin both times but um but yeah those are just a few of the like pairings decisions that I that I didn't like so I guess I haven't gotten to a beauty yet um you guys took mine definitely Max Homa and uh Victor um man who else i mean i could say luke donald i thought luke donald was a really good captain um man i just i just want to reiterate max homa max homa was awesome Uh, he was such a beauty double beauty this week he that's so now he's now played one president's cup and one away Ryder cup and his record is seven, one and one. It's pretty sick. Uh, record dude is the guy like he's that dude. You know, that's, that's all I can say. Like uh, the putts he made, like some of his, some of his chip-ins and hole outs and like Sally's, I mean, twice on hole 12, that par five in foursomes with Harmon, he hit uh, an iron into that green and hit it to like a foot. And then, 
in when he right, went right back out in the afternoon that same day when he was playing his own ball, he uh, hit it to a foot again. Like he eagled that hole twice on Saturday. Absolutely sick. Yeah, I do uh, know that Homo was kind of one of my worries. He typically, like with the majors and stuff, does not play well. So he was one that I was kind of looking out for. Uh, he was a dog. And he, he stepped up to the pressure. So, yeah. Um, and then I guess another just general beef is like Team USA played like garbage. I mean, at the end of the day, you can do strategy and pairings and analytics and everything, but ultimately, like, put the tee in the ground. Yeah, I got to get in the ball, get the ball in the hole. And I, exactly. Uh, JT and Spieth were terrible. Uh, Shoffley did not play well. Obviously, Ricky, um, Burns had um, a good match with Colin, but Burns was pretty awful in the first match. Scotty didn't win any matches. So I have a second beauty as well, and it is the European celebrations. Not just the European team, but Europe in general do celebrations right. Uh, um, Victor had some unreal fist bumps. Yeah, I'm just I'm talking about like afterwards too. Like, oh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, while while they're shooting champagne around, um, the clips that were on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, to, uh, on the bus, singing, uh, you know, dancing, uh, having an all around good time. It's just it's what you love to see. And we do have some breaking news on the. European celebration, it appears that Tyrrell Hatton was the last man standing. So shout out to Tyrrell Hatton, I guess, for being the best partier on the European team. There we go. The Europeans, me, the Europeans love a good song. Those guys are just, oh, they just they will just love sing to sing. Anything. Right? I the, mean, if it the rhymes, cups, if it the cup's rhyme, on the left care. side of the bus. It's on the left side of the bus. Yeah. It's just, it's great. They just find a melody. They find a way to make it work. You got to respect that from the boys. All right. Hey, fellas, it's getting late here, so I'm going to call it a night um, and hop off the train. But, boy, is it good to be back. Um, Well, all right, man. Good to have you on. Good to have you on, man. And we'll see you, fellas, soon. Yep. Peace. Thank goodness. Thought he would never leave. <laughs> uh, anything else for you? I'm kind of running out of things too. I, I'm a little bit uh, rider cupped out. I was watching some uh, no laying up recaps and afterwards, you know, they were just talking about, you know, wh- what does the U.S. do from here? Like, what do they have to do to better prepare? And like, what is it about the Europe, the European team's culture that makes them so, and like all this stuff. And I was just like, this is just depressing, man. Like it shouldn't be like, it shouldn't be that hard. It it should just be whoever shows up and plays the best golf that week. But why can team USA just not, why do they just show up and play bad golf in Europe? That's I just, I, I can't figure it out, man. Yeah. I don't know. Because I think why a lot of people thought it would be different this time is because this is like your first away Ryder Cup. Like, Tiger's not at all involved. Phil isn't involved. Like, it, you got a lot of new, fresh blood who don't have, you know, any of that scar tissue or anything. Like, you got guys like Colin, 
Scotty, uh, Xander, Patrick, like guys that are supposedly, you know, killers and part of these new group. They're not going to care about any of that history. They're just going to show up and ball out. And, uh, you know, it's just like kind of a lot of the, a lot of the same stuff that we've seen in past years. Yeah. Uh, it sucks. We got to wait two years for another one, but looking forward to Beth page. Yeah. And I've heard, uh, you know, they're already making some preparations. We're not going to get the, I mean, it's going to be a better environment than what it normally would be off the first tee, but you know, we're not going to get the, the typical first hole tee shot with the tee box right next to the clubhouse. They're going to be moving it up so they can put the grandstands around. So, uh, you know, it'll be a little different, a little different of a course, but best page is always tough. Um, I expect that the Ryder Cup will be no different. So it, I'm excited for it. It'll be fun. It's definitely, uh, it's probably my favorite event to watch in golf. Well, ah, I don't know if April Nick would uh, agree with that, but it it's definitely a good change of pace. Like, you know, you have the, the majors it's in my top, there. it's in my top three for yeah. sure. You have the majors up there and like with the exception of the PGA, uh, but I love, you know, I love the masters. Obviously I love the U S open, uh, love the open. Um, and the Ryder cup is right up there with them. It's kind of, kind of sucks when it's in Europe just because the hours, um, especially yeah. if you have stuff going on, like I wasn't able to watch Friday cause I had to work on Friday, um, played a Ryder cup yesterday. So I didn't really get to watch a whole lot of Saturdays either, but Yeah, it was uh it was good. Oh, also breaking news. Um Team uh Korea oh, wins. Yeah. yeah, they won the uh the Asian games, I think is exactly yep. I don't I'm not sure exactly yep. what it was called, but it was in China. And uh so Sung J M and Siwoo Kim, they got gold medal uh for uh, Team Korea and therefore they earned an exemption from their uh mandatory two year military service. Which is so, great to see. That's a W for everyone. Huge W. That is like, that's awesome. I I, I love those two guys. They're, they are so fun to watch. Honestly, nothing better than, um, well, there's nothing worse than the mandatory military service in general, uh, especially when it comes to some of these South Korean golfers. Uh, you know, you had like, what, Sang Moon Bay, Sung Yul No. Um, there were a couple other ones too uh, back in the day. Who, do you think uh do you think the international team has a chance to win the president's cup next year? No. Huh. No. no. I think it's in Canada. Hey. If I remember correctly. So I don't Especially know that we really need any I mean, Canadians on the team because they're all are, they're, are the internationals since it's a PGA tour run event so they cannot have live players on the teams correct right so i mean yep. you're going to be missing out on some of your best unless unless that changes with the uh you know the framework agreement that is still being worked out so that's potentially like if there is sort of like merger or agreement or whatever like uh you know maybe because if that's the case then 
Yeah, you get yourself some some Cam Smith and yeah, Cam Smith. Uh, not maybe a couple answer, others, but uh, yeah, who's the other know. one? Joaquin Neiman. Oh um, yeah, yep. So then, yeah, maybe we'll see what happens. But yeah, it was fun. I was looking forward to it for a long time. It's kind of it kind of sucks that it's over, but but we'll do it again in two years. We'll do it again in two years. Uh, nothing else other than. I got yeah, nothing. That's that's about it. I'm trying to sandbag the handicap. We just got our record high temps. Oh my gosh! It was yeah. We're in a, you know, the northern part of the United States. If have we? Have we basically disclosed that we're in South Dakota. So we're in South Dakota. Um, and it was. I don't know what it was for you guys today. We, I think we got up to like 88 today. It probably got hotter here. Honestly, it was really hot. Um, and, I think uh, tomorrow is mid nineties. Yeah. And it's October 1st when we're recording this. So it's record high. It got temps. to 92 today. Uh, tomorrow. Very similar. And Dang, it's supposed to be windy. What's crazy is if you look Both at the, the forecast. Uh, so it's for me tomorrow, it's a high of 85. Uh, Friday is a high of 49. So we're going to be dropping 40 degrees over the course ah. of the next four days. Yep. So we got like amazing. We got like crazy summer temperatures and then we're going to get hit with fall. Like it's going to be snowing basically by the end of next week. Tough scene, dude. Oh, well, I'm, I'm seeing mid fifties and then sixties and seventies over the weekend. My extended forecast. There's a lot of seventies, dude. Yeah, a lot of 70s. It's definitely some chances for fall golf. Uh, quite frankly, I don't know if I will participate, but. Uh, anything else, man? I don't think so. All right, man, the the, uh, the content might. Uh, not the Ryder Cup's over. We, yeah, what do we... Maybe on Wednesday we'll release a Sanderson Farms preview this week. Oh, yuck. I was going to say, what do we have upcoming? Um, maybe this is the year Ricky wins the Zozo. Yo, yo. Oh, TGC Tours starts this week as well. So, um, yeah, super excited for that. Yeah, maybe I should get back into 2K. Yeah, it's perfect time in the winter. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. You take care. And uh, yeah. that's it. That, that's the Ryder Cup recap. Yeah, that's uh, another stop on the, the bogey train. Peace. I just got stuck in a bogey train. Mm-hmm.